This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. And what we're talking about today is the big contrast between love and hate. We're in. Uh, we're talking about First John. We're talking about this huge contrast that he lays out between one way of life and another way of life. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the difference between walking in the light of God and stumbling around in the darkness away from God. Last week, we talked about the values of the world as opposite of the values of God. And today, he couldn't make it more razor-sharp distinction between love and hate. So I want to invite you today to look at the Scripture with me from the third chapter of 1 John. These words are printed on the front of your Pray, Study, Grow, and we're going to look at this kind of section by section. And you may be a student of the Word. These may be very familiar verses to you. You may be someone that just really isn't familiar with the Scripture at all, and that's okay too, because I think there's something here for all of us to learn together. Let's look at those first few verses together first. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we are, what we will be, has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purifies themselves, just as He is pure. Did you notice the word lavished? God has lavished His love on us, an abundant love, an extravagant love, a love that's just kind of poured out on us, Uh, love like a hurricane, Uh, love that overcomes us. Uh, Do you ever feel a sense of just being overwhelmed by the love of God? Uh, To be in that connection, to have that reality that we've been adopted into the family, we've been loved into the family of God. And when we have that love, when we accept God's acceptance of us, when, when we know that and we experience that, oh my goodness, it purifies us. It makes us new people, different people, the kind of people that isn't always prevalent in the world today. Well, let's read on. Verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not, love, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. 
Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. My wife, Susan, has an expression that she uses at our home, someone. When she begins a sentence with someone, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> someone did this. Someone did that. When there were more than two of us living in the same household, I could remain inconspicuous. But now, I just have to put my hand up and say, guilty of sin. I'm someone. Did you notice how many times in the Scripture we just read, it says anyone, anyone, anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Anyone who does not love his brother or sister, anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. Later on it says anyone who sees his brother or sister indeed and has no pity, no mercy, no compassion. Anyone like that is not a child of God. He makes the distinction they're children of the devil. Now, I don't believe that any human being is destined, is supposed to be a child of the devil. But 1 John tells us there's a distinction here between people who love and people who hate. When you and I are rooted and grounded in the love of God, we're like this. When we are full of hate, when we're full of anger, when we're acting out a sense of indifference toward the world, we're not tapped into the source, but we're tapped into another source. Sometimes people ask me, do you believe in a personal devil? And I just have to say, there's so many little devils running around, I figure they've got to have a father somewhere. I do not believe that people inherently are children of the devil. But we do recognize that there's an evil at work in this world. And there's an evil that works in the human heart. And you and I need to see the contrast. Now, if this isn't clear enough, 1 John says... There's a distinction between Cain and Jesus Christ. He says, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. This is how, this is the contrast. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. I grew up with the expression, raising Cain. I heard these farmers in North Missouri talk about, I'd raise Cain about that, I'd raise Cain about that. I thought, what are they talking about? Well, they're talking about Cain and Abel. They're talking about that Old Testament Genesis story. Adam and Eve, their first two sons, Cain and Abel. And Cain was jealous of Abel's offering and gift to God. And out of his jealousy, he kills his brother. And it seems like this world is full of people who are raising Cain. I don't like to watch the news. As a Christian, I feel like I need to keep up with the news. I don't watch it at night. But if you've watched the news, 
oh my goodness, it seems like there's so much hatred and violence that continues to be rampant, and it gets even worse. All the warring factions in Iraq, the Russians, uh, dissidents shooting down a plane in Ukraine. This spring, so many different people just killed uh, in school. Two police officers sitting in a mall. A priest killed the other day in Phoenix. It just seems to be going on and on, almost on a daily basis. Violence and hatred. And some of this we know is mental illness, but who preys on the weak? Who preys on the vulnerable? Who preys on the mentally ill? The devil doesn't play fair. And there is an evil that preys on our hearts. And it's easy for you and I to get caught up in this sense of hatred. In Harrison, Arkansas, uh, there was a story done by NPR recently that told a story about the town with two billboards. The top billboard reads, anti-racist is a code word for anti-white. What's behind that? Kingdom Identities Ministry is a ministry in the name of God that's out to kill people who are guilty of certain acts. The townspeople even had a funeral this spring. They made a makeshift casket, and they said they were burying racism and hatred that has plagued this town for years. And yet we realize... It's not that easy. This kind of stuff seems to rear its ugly head. Cain just keeps getting raised up again. Well, one community group had an answer to this billboard. And what they depicted was another message of love your neighbor. The words of Martin Luther King Jr. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So what a contrast there is. Now, friends, we know that this is not something unique to Harrison, Arkansas. We know there's hatred, there's prejudice, there's anger, there's violence that first exist in the devil and somehow dwells in the human heart. And the Scriptures relentlessly want us to know that is not the way of Jesus Christ. We choose which way we're going to follow. Let's read on in the scripture. Here's the great contrast. Enough about hate. Let's talk about love. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. When you and I love people, we love on people, we don't walk in judgment, we we may not approve or we may not feel right or good about every lifestyle, what's going on, but we, we choose to love on people. And we choose to have the love of God 
in our lives, we receive this love vertically from Jesus, and then we recognize that the beam of the cross goes horizontally as we love others with the same kind of unconditional love in which we are loved. That's where we want to live. Let me tell you two stories or share with you two stories that illustrate this. Jonathan is a, is a young man that came into our food pantry about a month or so ago. He has a family. He's been harboring a lot of hate toward God. He tells his own story last Sunday night at Church of the Center where we have our ministry of the church within the church on Sunday nights. And as he told the story, he says he came to the food pantry and he said this, this place doesn't judge like many churches judge. And then after receiving food, he tells a story about receiving prayer. And he received prayer from one of our prayer persons, Lynette. He says this lady greeted him, Lynette, and she just simply said, write down what's on your heart and mind and we'll pray over it. He said, they gave me a card, I wrote it. They didn't give me a big enough card. I said, then give me another card. So he wrote another card and he wrote really small and he said he ran out of room again. And she said, you are one of the bravest guys I know. It's probably one of the fewest times or probably a long time that that guy has received a compliment. He says, what do you mean? Well, to come in here and to express a need, to pour your heart out. And then she said, you know, it's okay for men to cry. Long story short, Jonathan last Sunday night rededicated his life to Christ and in a renewal of baptism, claimed his baptism, let go of the anger and the hate that he's had toward God about a, a divorce and a failed marriage that he had previously. And started out living for God as a PK, preacher's kid, and now he's back. It happened because he experienced the love of God through another human being, and then another human being, and other human beings, people who know God. Lori Lampert has another story. Uh, Lori was on staff here for 12 years as one of our pastors, and she's here this morning, and she was recently someone that learned about Nightlight Branson. Now, Nightlight is an international ministry that's uh, engaging and fighting the reality of human trafficking, which seems to be the, the slavery of the 21st century. It's rampant around the globe, and there's a chapter right here in Branson, Nightlight Branson. And so they're about uh, intervention and prevention and restoration and education. Lori sat down with us, and the video that she has really is 22 minutes. We had to cut it down to three. <laughs> but I want you to watch what happens when Lori tells her story about accepting the invitation to go to a couple of strip clubs here in town with this ministry. Let's watch what happens. So we get in the car, um, all, that was three, four, five, five of us, 
and we go to the strip clubs that evening. And they always bring gifts for the girls. Um, it's a way of just saying you're loved and you appreciate it. Um, they don't enter any, any club that they have not have been given the permission from the manager to do so. They don't kick down doors, they don't knock down doors, they wait for the Holy Spirit to say it's okay and you're invited. Um, they are not there to proselytize as much as they're just there to love and answer questions if the Holy Spirit prompts those questions to come up. And in the club that we went, the second one was very small. Um, there were only a couple women in there dancing already and don't interrupt that, but there was a woman sitting at the bar with a drink. And we brought in the gifts and left them talk to the bartender and got permission to leave them. And this woman with the bar at the bar, um, she heard my voice. And if you know me, you know, I was raised in the South and every now and then a y'all slip out. You know, one of those will slip out and people will look at me and I'll hear myself and forget I was raised in the South. Well, she heard my voice and she said, where are you from? I said, well, I said, oh, did I y'all? And she said, yes, you, yeah. She said, oh, where are you? I said, well, I was raised in Alabama. She said, Alabama? Yeah, so we just started chatting. And then she looked at the three of us and said, why are you here? Why are you here? And that was the leader's opportunity. Um, again, it was my first time. I just deferred to her. And she said, we're just from a lot of churches in the area. And we're just here to love on you and to tell you that you're loved. And, you're, and we wanted to share that with you today. Um, she said, churches? Churches? Well, and she said, she actually named where she goes to church. She said, where do you go? And I said, well, I'm, I go to Schweitzer. She goes, Schweitzer? I know Schweitzer. I said, well, you do? Said, That's really interesting. How do you know Schweitzer? So well, I was just there last week. But really? What was going on? She said, well, I was at your food pantry. She said, I, I am so grateful for your food pantry ministry. I said, you are? That's so, I said, thank you for sharing that with me. It's nice to hear that. She said, yeah, I'm a single mom. But she said, more than the food, I go there for the prayer. I said, you do? She said, yeah. I, um, she said, this, this week I walked in the door and I said, yep, I'm here for your food. But first, will somebody pray for me? I need the prayer first. She said, they looked at me like I was a little strange. She said, I know that seemed a little odd to them. But honestly, I know that's more important than anything else. I'm a single mom. I need the food. But I really, really need the prayer. That was really a huge blessing for me to hear the story of how in our community it matters. And it matters in corners and places that we don't think about and we don't want to think about. But it really matters that we extend the love of Christ between uh, two gals from the South. There's the human connection of people receiving food. There's the human connection of looking past somebody and seeing a single mom. There's a the human connection of prayer. There's a the human connection of just loving on people. So what we do matters. And we can all Love like that. That's what the world is waiting for. And when we love like that, there's a different outcome in people's lives. And we keep praying for it.
and looking for it. Now let's look at the remaining verses of this chapter. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave us. I love that scripture that says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Who of us doesn't have times when, oh my goodness, I am that someone. I am that anyone. I am that person that's carried hate. I am that person that's walked the other way. I am that person that hasn't loved my brother or my sister. On Father's Day, any dad here has regrets. Uh, we have those times where they, oh my goodness, I just wish I could redo that one or relive that one. And some of us have father wounds where we have the absence of a father or we've had the death of a father or we just got hurt by a father. If our hearts condemn us, Scripture says God is greater than our hearts. God is greater. The love of God is greater. And it's poured out for us, lavished on us through Jesus Christ. And you and I as a response, what do we got to do? The command is simply this, John says. Believe in the name of Jesus and love one another. Folks, let's just keep it simple. Believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus. Believe that he is the name that's above every name. Believe that in the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. Believe that the darkness does not overcome the light. Believe that in the name of Jesus, everyone can be saved. Believe in that name. And then live it out by loving one another. I want to close with a, a prayer that's called a new serenity prayer by James Martin. God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, which is pretty much everyone, since I'm clearly not you, God, at least not the last time I checked. And while you're at it, God, please give me the courage to change what I need to change about myself which is frankly a lot since, once again, I'm not you, which means I'm not perfect. It's better for me to focus on changing myself than to worry about changing other people, who, as you'll no doubt remember me saying, I can't change anyway. Finally, give me the wisdom to just shut up whenever I think that I am clearly smarter than everyone else in the room that no one knows what they're talking about except me, or that I am alone, have all the answers. Basically, God, grant me the wisdom to remember that I'm not you.